It's okay, I'll cut that out of the video. <laughs> Have children, they said. Actually, I'm glad that happened. I needed a chuckle. <laughs> Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If that were not so, what I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go, and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. So last week, I, I told you the what and the why. The what is Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Can, can, I guess my wife lit a fire in my heart today. Um, as the body of Christ... That ought to spark more in us. It's Veterans Day, so let's have a veterans analogy. I want you to imagine your spouse of a veteran. It's been gone for a long time. And you get a phone call and you hear, I'm coming home. How do you react? Jesus is coming back. So I told you the what and the why. The why is because he desperately wants to be with you. Today, we're going to talk about the what next. And, and I'm going to tell you what, what, I'm having to, what I'm having to balance today. And you're going to laugh at this, but try not to laugh loud. <coughs> uh, I'm, I'm having, I'm struggling with the nerd in me. Thanks for your restraint. <laughs> See, in just a little while, I'm going to show you this little timeline of what we believe the, the events that are yet to come and, and the timeline that we believe they, they'll happen. And, and y'all, I was in here and I was like, and I had a laser pointer. Because I was going to point to all these things with my laser pointer because I'm just that nerdy. And the Lord just kind of pricked my heart. And we're going to talk about all those things. And there's going to be some, some academic parts of what we talk about today. Jesus is coming back. Aside all the questions that's going to be asked and answered in the next two or three weeks, just please don't forget that. Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back for you. Anytime we talk about biblical prophecy, there's really three categories of things that we'll talk about. We'll talk about things that we know, okay? Things that we know. For example, I know Jesus is coming back, right? I, I know Jesus is coming back. That is not, there's not a question. There are things that we know, and there's things that we believe. I believe he's coming back soon. There's things that we know, there are things that we believe, and there's things that we think. I think it'll be in my lifetime. I don't know that. I think that. So I'm going to try to stay away from the I think part today, Okay? Everything we're going to talk to you about today, I know, or I believe. Now, there are people that will argue with some of the timelines that we're going to talk about today. Okay. Um, I don't care. Um, and, and here's what I know. Somebody's right. And what I'm going to talk to you about is I believe is, is accurate. Let's just not, 
there, there was a, a pastor that was helping me one time, and he said, Dwayne, just make sure you always keep the main thing the main thing. The, the main thing is not the timeline. The main thing is that Jesus is coming soon. All right. So, speaking of timelines, there's one going to pop up on the screen behind me. I didn't give you a copy of it. Um, you can, I, I tried to make it as simple as possible. So, it, it, there are some that are just incredibly complex, and you don't want that, and we don't have time for that. Um, there are more detailed timelines available, and you can look. If, if you guys are a fan of David Jeremiah, he's got a great one. I got one on my desk. Um, and I, I very rarely call pastors' names from this pulpit, but David Jeremiah's got a great one. So once you look at the far left-hand side, and there's, there's, a, there's a phrase that says the church age. We are in the church age right now. The church age began at the cross and will end when the church is no longer on the earth you and i are in the church age and here's i remember my grandmother and i'm going to talk to you just a little bit about my grandmother i remember my grandmother talking about the return of christ and the rapture of the church and and she believed that it was right there we, we were right there at it and that's been 40 years so i i don't know but i will tell you we are further down that timeline than we were when she told me that so regardless of when theologians and, and commentators tell you that the rapture of the church is going to take place, here's what you need to know. We're closer now than we were yesterday. We're in the church age. Um, so it started at the cross, and it ends when the church is no longer on the earth. So when is that? Well, that's, that's what I want you to see. The church is mentioned 120 times in the New Testament. I want you to look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. John the Revelator saw Jesus, and he says in John chapter 4, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven and the voice i had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said come up here now there are two levels to that for, to that phrase level one is john the revelator went to see jesus in a vision that's real level that's level one okay level two is a prophetic layer and that is speaking of a time when Jesus will say to the church, come up here. And how do I know that? How do I know that? How many times did I tell you the word church appeared in the New Testament? How many times does it appear after that verse? None. At that point in the, on the biblical timeline, the church is gone. Because there's an event that happens next. After the church age, the next, and I believe this with all my heart, there are people that will argue with this, but I believe the next event to happen, what happens next is the rapture of the church. And, and, and for those of you who that, that term rapture may, may be a new phrase or a, uh, something that you're unfamiliar with, it, it, here's what it simply means. It means that moment when Jesus calls us to meet him in the air and the church the body of christ the redeemed of the lord leaves this planet and gathers to meet jesus in the air that is the rapture of the church so i want you to notice where the rapture is on that timeline there's a whole lot of things to the to the right of that timeline and we're going to talk about them but i need you to know this if you're a follower of Christ, please, please, don't, please don't freak out at what, what I'm getting ready to say. Everything to the right of that timeline, if you're a follower of, the, of Christ, it's trivia. Because you're not going to be here. Now, you need to know it, and you need to be aware, but you're not going to be here. Man, it got quiet when I said that. 
you're not going to be here. I, now, again, there are people who argue with that timeline, but I believe that, bef- that the next event that happens on the biblical timeline is the rapture of the church. And hear me and hear me well. See, my grandmother couldn't make a statement that I'm going to make. See, because there were things that weren't lined up. And we're going to talk about some, some things next week about how all of these, not all, I don't have time to talk about all of them, but, but many things that are happening on our planet right now are preparing us for this event. And so, and, and I don't want to claim to be a scholar, but I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say. Nothing else has to happen for the trumpet to sound. Nothing else has to happen. Listen to me. We may not leave this building through that door. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. In other words, Paul said, I don't, I don't need to send you a calendar. For you know very well that the day of the Lord, listen to this, will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. Let's look at those two phrases there. I, I've, I heard all my life that the trumpet was going to sound in a time of peace and safety. I don't read that there. You know what I read? At a time when people are crying out for peace and safety. Destruction will come. Suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. Now, I have never been pregnant. (laughs) Now, according to certain news channels, it's now possible. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not an obstetrician, but I have been around a few pregnant women. And here's what I know happens. The closer you get to delivery, the more intense and the more frequent those pains get. Just go home, turn on the news. Every day. The earth is crying out every day. Nothing else has to happen. Let's finish reading. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness. Listen. You're not in darkness. You're in a church this morning that's telling you what we believe to be the truth. So that this day shouldn't surprise you like a thief. It shouldn't surprise you. I'm telling you it's coming. I'm telling you nothing else has to happen. I'm telling you it could happen before we leave this building. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. See, I believe that that phrase right there tells us that the rapture takes place before the tribulation period. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you about a six-minute testimony of why I gave my heart to the Lord. I've shared this publicly one time in this church, and it was on a Wednesday night. And I'm going to tell you that I follow Christ today because I'm madly in love with him. I, fo- I, I worship the Lord just like Donna said. Because he's done so much for me. But it didn't start out that way. I got saved because God scared the hell out of me. <laughs> now what's funny is. Um, my wife. I, I just. I, I love to watch her when she gets like she's it this morning. She's, you better get off your fannies. Worship the Lord. See, oftentimes what you'll find is in, in ministerial couples, there'll be, there'll be two spiritual gifts represented. One is usually an evangelist, and one is usually has a prophetic voice. Donna has a very prophetic voice. I don't know if you recognize that, but she does. In other words, she's not really going to care about hurting your feelings. She's just going to just lay it out there. I'm a, I, my gift is an evangelist. I I want the music in the background and this, every head bowed, every eye. That's me. 
t- today I'm, I'm going to switch roles a little bit. Uh, see, I don't, I don't like to scare the hell out of people. <laughs> but if you're in this room, are you watching on that, on that screen and you're not ready for the sound of the trumpet, I hope you get the hell scared out of you today. I'll tell you how it looked for me. I'll give you the cliff nose version. I was 14 years old. I'd gone to see my grandmother over summer, and she had talked to me about the rapture of the church. Why? I don't know, but I was like, I went home freaked out. I didn't go to church. I didn't understand this stuff. And, I, I, and, and she kept telling me about this passage in Matthew that Jesus talked about where one would be working, two men would be working in the field, one would be taken, one would be left. Two women would be working, one would be taken, one would be left. I don't, maybe you've read that. but that's. And, and so I, I come home, and a couple nights later after I got home, all this is rolling over my head. I had a dream. And in this dream, I was sitting at my aunt's house with my grandmother. So... Ain't Ellen, mama life. All right, that's all you need to know. That's, that's, and my grandmother, when she would pray, I've told you this before, you would look around to see who walked in the door. I know, oh, it, she was just so connected to Jesus and she loved her Jesus so much. And my aunt was the same way. And so they ganged up on me a couple of times while I was there. <laughs> so I come home and I have this dream. Now, y'all, this has been 42 years ago. And I remember this like it was last night on this dream i'm sitting at at my aunt ellen's house and i hear a knock at the door and i walked and i i opened the door and there was a man standing there in a friar's robe you know those brown robe ties in the middle and i looked in his face and there was no face there was just a it was just blackness where his face should have been and he looked at me and he just pointed in the sky So I, I, I stepped outside and I looked up in the air and it was the most beautiful, the most crystal blue sky you'd, you'd ever seen. And in the clouds, in, in, in the sky, there was one cloud and it was shaped like a cross. And I looked and on top of this cross, there were people walking around. And I, for some reason in my mind, I knew that it wasn't angels, but it was people walking on this cloud. And that just obviously confused me and blew my mind all at the same time and and I looked down and all of a sudden I'm standing on a beach and as far as you could see in front of you and as far as you could see behind you there were people lined two by 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 two and I noticed there was a wave coming toward me almost like at a baseball game coming toward me and one of the two would go up one would stay one would go up one would stay and it was a wave coming toward me my grandmother's in front of me she goes up and i turn around and i watch my aunt behind me go up and the wave passed me and i woke up and i was terrified because it was so very real so the first thing i did was turn on my television because i i wanted to you know it, it was that real to me i turned on the television and the morning news was on and um they were talking about a worldwide event that was going to shake the world's economy and then it got real now it was something happened in opec but I didn't know that. So I walked over, and in my, my bedroom at my parents' house, I, I just looked out of the window, and what was a crystal blue sky in my dream was a gray, smoky, just drab sky. And y'all can't explain it, but in that moment, I heard a choir sing. My mom called and shook me out of my, and she said, uh, are, 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 are you getting ready 
because I was going, it was in the summertime, but I had somewhere where I had to be. Are you getting ready? Mom, I got to get saved. She's like, what? I said, Mom, I got to get saved. And she said, okay. And and I hung up and I I had this thought. There were were some Jesus people that lived across the street from us. And I'm like, I got to see them. I got to know that they're here. And y'all, I didn't see them until 7.30 that night. For a day, I, I, I was almost speechless. I was convinced that the rapture of the church had taken place and I had missed it. So when I tell you I gave my heart to the Lord, I, I would love to tell you that I just fell madly in love with Jesus. I did eventually. But I knelt at an altar because I didn't want to face eternity Christless. So hear me, eternity is forever. And everybody in this room will spend it somewhere. Everybody watching me online, listen to me, eyeballs right here. Everybody you know, everybody you work with, everybody you live with will spend eternity somewhere. So what's... What's after the rapture of the church? Well, following the rapture is a period of tribulation. It's a seven-year period. And and we're going to talk about how it's divided up here in just a minute. But but here's here's the question that gets asked of Pastor Dwayne about this period more than any other question. It doesn't have to do with the Antichrist. It doesn't have to do with... We're going to talk about the abomination of desolation, what that means. We're going, to, we're going to talk about all that momentarily. Here's the question that gets asked more than anything else. Will people be saved during the time of tribulation? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some good news and the bad news. The good news is yes. The bad news, it won't be you. I've heard people say, well, you know, if I miss the first boat, I'll just get on the second one. (laughs) Look look at me. No, you won't. No, you won't. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now's where I'm trying to scare the hell out of you. See, I'm getting getting away with saying hell right now, and so I'm going to use it every chance I get. (laughs) 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The coming of the lawless one. That's the, that's the man of sin. That's the Antichrist, all right? Who is revealed after the rapture of the church. You with me so far? Will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. And all the ways that wickedness deceives, now pay attention to this, those who are perishing. Who, who's that? Those, those are the folks that did, not, that did not leave the earth during the rapture of the church, okay? How do I know that? Because he tells us. They perished because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. How many know you can't refuse something you were never offered? Did you get that? For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Here's what I believe with everything in me. There'll be people who are saved in the tribulation period, but I believe... Those people who are saved during the tribulation period. And we know that there's going to be a number of, uh, of the nation of Israel. But I believe the people that are saved during the tribulation people are, period are those people who never had an opportunity to hear the gospel on this side of the rapture. So listen to me. If, if you think you're going through life ignoring the call of Christ, ignoring the gospel message, because you think that if I'll just go on the second. No, you won't. 
And, and I say that with all the love and compassion and grace and mercy. No, you won't. And the truth is, if you can't live for Jesus now with the church on the planet, with people who love you, praying for you and encouraging you, and Pastor Dwayne beating on this pulpit every Sunday morning. There might be somebody beating on this pulpit, but it ain't going to be Pastor Dwayne. If you can't if you can't live for Jesus with the church on the planet, no chance. I almost said the H word again. <laughs> no way you're going to live for him after. The, uh, no way. Where does the Holy Spirit reside, by the way? <laughs> you don't want to be there. God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't do that. Who shut the door of the ark? Well, that sure makes God mean. Listen, God has done all he can to get your attention and mine. But he's still God. So this morning, you can ignore him if you want to. There's this, there's this seven-year period following the, the rapture of the church. And, and uh, I was having a, a conversation with Alan Swink, my buddy Alan Swink, and we were talking about what, well, how long after the rapture of the church um, does the tribulation period begin? We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. I, I, just, I just don't think it's, it's very long because Jesus said this generation, the generation that's where this stuff starts won't pass until all has been completed. So it's, I don't think there's going to be a tremendous amount of time, but after the rapture of the church, there's going to be a seven-year period. Seven-year period. And it's marked in the middle by what the Bible calls the abomination of desolation. Let me tell you what that looks like. What, what the Old Testament teaches us and, and, and some of the prophecies in the New Testament is that at that three-and-a-half-year mark, the man of sin that's been revealed, the Antichrist, will create a, 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 a peace treaty. And people are going to think he is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But he's going to do something that marks this time, and he's going to go into the temple and desecrate it. Desecrate it with probably his own image. And that's going to mark the, mid the midpoint of, of the tribulation period. And then, oh, it gets bad. And then we're going to, listen, we're not going to break down all the bowls and the judgment. Just, will you trust me? Don't be here. It's going to be bad. And here's what you need. Now, here's, here's the question. Here's the problem. And we're going to talk about this a little bit next week. Can I give you a teaser? Can I give you a little trailer for next week? So if he desecrates the temple, why is that a problem today? There isn't one. The temple is not there. The temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., so he can't desecrate something that's not there, right? You might want to come back next week. So for seven years, this world's in turmoil. There's a time of, of where this man of sin has has just, uh, you know, we just read it. God has allowed his delusional acts to just fool the world. And then all of a sudden it gets bad. It gets really, really bad. And people are begging for their own death. It's an awful, awful time. And then it gets good again. Because something happens. People ask me all the time, why would a good God let evil be in the world? He's not. He's fixing it. We're just in that age where he's, we're, we're, we're stuck between ages. But there's an age that's coming. <laughs> please, please know this, all right? Maybe you didn't grow up in church, and, and I don't want to make an assumption. The rapture of the church, we're, we're snatched away off this earth, 
and the second coming of Christ are two different events. Remember this this way. The rapture of the church, we're going to him. But when he comes again, can I read what it looks like? Revelation 19 says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse (laughs) whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He had a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty and on his robe and on his thigh. He has this. This name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's who's coming back for you. Write this down. He appeared the first time as a humble child. He returns a second time as a victorious king. And all the evil on the earth cannot stand in his presence. Because when Jesus returns, write this down, truth triumphs. Can I, can I just kind of let you know what that looks like? Look here on the timeline. See, after Jesus comes back, two beautiful things. First of all, that old serpent, the devil, is bound and chained for a thousand years. So evil is gone and judged. And then you and I, the holy city, New Jerusalem, we talked about it last week, right? We're the holy city, New Jerusalem, come down from God out of heaven. And, and so if you think heaven is this, you know, we're floating on a cr- cloud with little fat babies playing harps. That's, n- that's not what heaven's going to be. Can, can I tell you what heaven's going to, what, all right, so I, here, here's, I'm going I'm to throw in an I think with, okay? Is that all right if I slip in an I think? I think there'll be industry. I think there'll be commerce. I think that we'll have a life on this planet minus the enemy, minus anything that hurts you, minus sickness, minus death, minus cancer, minus diabetes, minus anxiety and depression and worry, minus adultery and minus hurt and minus broken relationships. All the things that hurt you are gone. I read it last week, but by goodness, I'm going to read it again. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is Revelation 21. I saw a he- new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully addressed for her husband. Man, I can't wait for that wedding day. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. That's us. And he'll dwell with them and they'll be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. That's what Jesus is bringing back with him. In that moment, there's a judgment a great white throne judgment. Well, that doesn't sound fun. Again, I have, I have good news and I have bad news for you. Um, see if you can follow along with me here. Revelation chapter 20. This is the great white throne judgment. And there are, there are people at this judgment that are going to be very concerned and some who are just feeling pretty good. Let me tell you what the difference is. I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small. Most theologians, most commentators believe that every soul that has ever lived will be at this great white throne judgment. I saw the dead, great and small, Standing before the throne. Oh, now pay attention to this. And books were opened. 
another book was opened, which is the book of life. So there's books and a book. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So it really depends on which book you're in. If you're in the books, you need to get in the book. If your name's found written in the Lamb's book of life, God opens that book and he sees, does he see you're lying and you're cheating and you're stealing and you're anger? He sees the blood of his son that has covered all of it and washed it away. So for me, I don't want to be judged by the books because can I tell you, if I get judged by the books, I'm in trouble. If I get judged by my deeds, if I get judged by my holiness that stands on its own, I'm in front of a vengeful, angry God. But if my name's in the book, the judge is my daddy. And he's washed my sins with the blood of his son. Known you as a father. Known you as a friend. He doesn't know me as a friend because I'm good. He knows me as a friend because he's written my name in his book. And then all things are made new. The enemy is defeated. In our eternal state, We live forever with our Father. So what's next? What's next? Well, Dwayne just told us, well, probably the rapture of the church. Really? Is Is that what you got out of this? What's next? What's next could be, you know, lunch at the Mexican restaurant. And you're like, hey, Pastor Dwayne was talking all about what was, you know, the revelation. It was really cool. Or you can, from today forward, live your life in response to what's next. The truth is, We don't believe this. If we believed it, if we genuinely believed that everyone whose name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life would spend eternity apart from Him, if we really believed that, if we really believed that any moment the the trumpet could sound and we could be off of this planet, if we really believe that, you'd think Jesus would come up in conversation from time to time. You'd think we would talk about Jesus more than we talked about the Georgia Bulldogs. You would think that we would talk about Jesus more than we would talk about a stupid election that a million years from now is not going to mean anything to anybody. <laughs> so my, my question, that, so what's next wasn't one that I'm going to answer for you. It's one that you need to answer for you. What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this truth? Because, uh, listen to me, you can, I, I, I'm not a, I don't argue theology. I don't, I, but I, I'm going to tell you, I'm right about this. He's coming back. And he's coming back soon. The labor pains are getting closer and closer together. This world's about to give birth. It's 
So what you do with this information, what you do with this truth, and we stop talking about it. And it's, I, I remember going to youth camp in, in the early 80s, and they'd turn the lights off, and they'd get the projector. Talk to you later. And they'd get those, they'd, you remember those big reels? And they'd, they'd turn the lights off and they show these cheesy movies about the rapture of the church. Uh, and, you know, maybe y'all are old enough to see them and, you know, the, the trumpet sounds and, the, you know, it's always on an airplane. I don't know why it was always on an airplane. And all these perfectly laid out sets of clothes are in the seats that are empty and you're like, and there were just these cheesy movies, and they, you know, always showed somebody getting their head cut off during the tribulation period, and and some fake mannequin head rolling down the hill, and it was just they were really poorly done. But at least we were talking about it, because we're not. And it, and I didn't say this last week, but I, my wife fired me up a little bit, so I'm gonna say it this week. Do, do you know why we don't talk about it? Because it don't fill buildings and it doesn't sell books. People don't want to come and get scared. And I don't want to scare you. I, 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 would, I, I would love, if, if you're here, you're watching, and you don't know Jesus, I, I would love. The devil's a lie. It's back on. See? Some of y'all pray for my microphone. Uh, are, are you hearing my heart this morning? Because... The Bible tells us what's next. Second Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. What kind of people ought you to be? What kind of people ought I to be? Let's, let's end this service with, with a challenge. Do you know it's highly likely that you are the most privileged church that's ever been in existence? Yeah, because we got nice stuff. Stop. That's not what I'm talking about. All the eyes right here. You could... 2,000 years of churches, right? You could be the church that witnesses the trumpet sound. If, that, if you knew that to be true, how'd you live your life? Help us. Here's what I want to be. I want to be found faithful. Because all my life, he's been faithful. So next week, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on around us and how that ties in to some of that we talked about today. But what I really want you to focus on today is I heard a pastor say it this way. It's almost silly to talk about the last days. Because the only days you have are these days. The only days you have are the days that you have right now. So before you get so concerned about the last days, let's, what are you doing with these days? How are you living your life in these days? So maybe it would be this kind of challenge. If, if the trumpet sounded and, the, and, and Christ called us to meet Him in the air today, here's a simple question. Are you ready? I want you to listen to me. If your immediate response wasn't absolutely, you need to pay attention. Because 
I believe the Bible teaches that he's returning for a church that is watching and waiting, not nervous. So if you're not sure, I need you to get sure. And, and I need you to do it today. Let me scratch that. You need to do it today. I, I'm doing it. The, the evangelist in, in me wants you to do it today. But at the end of the day, it's, it's you. It's your choice. It's your decision. So if you're not ready, then get ready. Or maybe you, yes, absolutely. How long would it take for you to write down somebody, you're, the name of somebody you're close to that you know not, isn't, isn't ready? How long would it take? I bet you've already got a name in your head. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? So maybe this is how we ought to leave this building. Whatever I'm going to do for the kingdom of God, I'm going to do it today. And when I wake up in the morning, whatever I'm going to do for the kingdom of God, I'm not going to wait till next month, next year. I'm going to do it today. Whatever work I'm going to do for the church, I'm going to do it today. Whatever work I'm going to do for the kingdom of God, I'm going to do it today. Because I don't have time. Bow your heads. <clears throat> Listen, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for us. <sighs> but I, I just have to say this one more time. If you're in the room, you're watching online, and, and you're not ready, you ought to be. Because even if you come to Christ because a preacher or a dream scared you, let me tell you what you'll find when you come to Him. You'll find grace mercy, love, forgiveness, family, purpose. See, there's, that's why we come to Jesus and He becomes our Savior and our Lord. He saves us from those things that are to come. But He leads us like a shepherd, as Lord. Lord, we love you. My heart is heavy. It's a dozen churches two miles from here. Hundreds of churches in this county. There's still people who don't know you. And that hurts my heart. So I pray for those in this room. I would say, if I'm just, I'm not sure I'm ready. The Bible says if you confess your your sins. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. So when we pray, do that. Confess Jesus as Lord of your life. Believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, and you'll be saved. Repent of your sin. That just means turn away from them. Agree that God's right and you're wrong. And then live every day in response to what he's done for you.
Thank you, Lord. Now, God, my prayer is for our church that you make us a light, that you give us a clarion call to a world that so desperately needs you, to a community that so desperately needs you, to families represented in this building that so desperately needs you. So Lord, as we're approaching a, a new year, God, we're not asking you for the stuff. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to have a, a, a better building. That's not what we're asking you for. We'd love to have staff and all sorts of stuff to help us. But that's not what we're asking for. What we're asking you for is that would you create in us everything we need to be a voice in this dark world. Equip us and resource us to be a city on a hill in this community. Crying out that Jesus is alive and He's coming soon. God, I pray for those names that popped in our heads. Names of people who don't know Jesus. God, would you give us a voice and the boldness to reach out? Would you give us a voice and the boldness to share the gospel with the world and with individuals that don't know you? Most of all, Lord, we leave this building <laughs> in gratitude for your love and mercy, and grace, and forgiveness. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless y'all. Thank you so much for being here.